I'm Maddie. And I'm Ryan. And this is The Mutant Ages, a show where we watch every adaptation of the X-Men and we also receive emails from you yeah. about us doing that. And then we might have been sitting on these for a couple months. <laughs> every now and then we read the emails. Yeah. Every now and then. Maybe yes. maybe we should do it more often. Who who knows? <laughs> Back when we were young, we experienced a change. We felt a power grow in us, both wonderful and strange. The power to care about the X-Men and the mutant brotherhood. All of their adventures, more than anyone should. From the comic book pages to the After the amount of emails that we got in and also uh, messages we got on Discord, I think yes. it's going to be more often. And that being said, I'm really grateful that everybody's writing in. This is really great. I feel like everybody's being a real participant and I like answering questions and having these it. discussions. I love hearing from our listeners. Um, but well, so a couple things happened. It's been several weeks since we did one of these, which is kind of our fault because we lose track of time and we just enjoy watching X-Men Evolution episodes one one after the we other. We also, to be fair, had a Christmas special in the middle of all this. We did with the listeners in the chat and that was so, so fun. Um, and we'd never done that before and that was really great and now I want to do it every day. Uh, but we're not going to do that. Anyway, um, we are... I think this is the first listener mail episode where we're kind of uh, titrating some of the feedback a little bit. Like... It used to be in the past that every single email we got, we would read on the show every time because, or yeah. at least close enough, um, like little quick questions or like spam mails and stuff like that. We wouldn't read, but like pretty much every <laughs> question we would read on the show um, because we were a small show. But as time's gone on, we've grown and we get lots more listeners and lots more listener questions and feedback. And Which is fantastic and fabulous. We read it all for the record. Like we read it. We love it. We, we enjoy all of it, but like, at this point, we cannot read every single question on the show, which hopefully our listeners will understand that that's good news and that we still love you very much. Yeah. Well, also, I i mean, we got a lot of questions and sometimes I feel like we get a lot of repeat questions that may have been answered in our previous episodes. Mm -hmm. From new listeners, I think. Yeah. Those are fair. And I think what I will do or what we will do is if that has already happened, I will respond to the email so you know that we've read it and that we can give you our uh, answers <laughs> because uh -huh. I don't want to leave you shorthanded. But yes. in terms of these episodes, it's just going to be a little bit shorter. So don't that that does not mean that I does love not when mean we promise that the episode will be shorter and like people are looking at their timestamp and they're the like, only mutant power we have is to record a super long episode <laughs> of this show. That's it. But what I was going to say is that I don't want to dissuade listeners from writing in. I yes, want you to please. keep writing in, please, and especially to those who are, are writing in on the Discord because uh, you 
are all awesome. And it's also fine if you ask us a question we've answered before. It's fun. And like to us, it's fun that like a new listener comes in and they are just as curious right. about like, oh, what X-Men did we relate to in high school or whatever it may be? Yeah. And it, at least on the Discord, if you put post it there, you can then have a conversation about it with everyone on the Discord. So it's not mm-hmm. even like, and sometimes I hop into and I'll talk about it too. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think the most official way to, to send a formal email with uh, to our reader mails is for the meeting ages at gmail.com. Yes. And if you have a lot to say, like a longer message, then the email's the way to go. And the voicemails too. Anyway, yep. I, I don't, I don't want to like spend any more time. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, we're done. Please we're don't done. write in. Emails. Please don't write in. But I want you to write in. I want even more emails, basically. So... <laughs> More listeners, more emails. We're building All an X-Men time. empire, except we're probably Magneto in this situation. So we're we're building an asteroid M empire. empire. Yes, we are. We are. So today I'm actually going to have Maddie start off with the first email. Hooray. Okay, so Emerald writes, Hey, first off, hi, love the show and have really been enjoying the coverage of evolution and had to comment on something you touched on with my own perspective. So less a question and more a topic. You've been discussing the queer themes of the show and how it uses the metaphor of hiding their mutant abilities to portray themes of being in the closet as a gay teen, and particularly how that colors your version of Nightcrawler. His mutation makes him the most visibly mutant character on the show so far, and he's terrified of people seeing how he looks without his disguise, something any gay kid can relate to. But in particular, I feel as a trans woman, Kurt is the most similar to a trans allegory. After all, what group of LGBT plus individuals in a literal sense are more visible than trans people? So much of our experience deals with how we present ourselves, even in the language we use to communicate it to ourselves and to others. Phrases like going, quote, stealth or, quote, passing have to do with how we're perceived. It's something that unfortunately has a huge impact on our lives every day, even after we leave the closet. Kurt uses his image inducer to pass as what he wants the world to see him as, just as trans people take great care in their appearance to be perceived as our gender. It's very important to him to be stealth and not clocked as a mutant, much in the same way we can want to be seen as simply our gender and not a trans person. The thing Kurt has to learn is it's it's okay to be visibly a mutant, just like it's okay to be visibly trans, despite how the world feels about it. One of my favorite episodes of the show has Kurt go on a date with a girl and he's terrified of letting someone get close to him physically and discover he's a mutant. He tries to hide it, like wearing gloves to cover his fur. He's terrified she'll think he's a freak because of his body. It's all incredibly relatable as a trans person. People discovering we're trans before we're ready to tell them and can have a very real and dangerous consequences. He, when he discovers that she knew and doesn't care and likes him for who he is, the euphoria he feels is also something very relatable to the trans experience and personally warms my little trans heart. Again, while Nightcrawler and his themes can be relatable to all LGBT plus experiences, the focus on his body, on how he is perceived visibly by others, and the fear of someone you're on a date with discovering the queer aspect of your identity and rejecting you all feels particularly rate of, relatable to the trans experience. I hope that wasn't too long. It's fine, Emerald. No, that was, it, it, it was actually very well written. <laughs> I really wanted to offer a trans perspective on Nightcrawler and Evolution, and I hope you and my fellow listeners found my perspective insightful. As an extra, seems like this were very eye-opening to me as a kid, and then <laughs> yeah. Emerald included a screenshot from a different episode where Kurt we have not gotten here uses yet. his image inducer to present as a girl. 
uh, yeah. which is another very queer themed episode <laughs> that we have not yet gotten to. There is a lot of queer stuff on this show. I love this email though. I know, I, I know. This when this email. email came in, I messaged Batty and I sent it to her and I was like, look at this. I totally <laughs> forgot this even happened. Yes. And Maddie just goes, this show is just gay. Like It's so queer. I love it. I, okay, so Emerald, I love your email. I love I think these, this is a fantastic analysis. email. I feel like we've kind of touched on it a little bit on the show, but it's like not Ryan's in my experience. So we sort of are like, uh, maybe this is an allegory that works, but we can't really speak to it. So I really appreciate you writing in um, with your own take. And also... I just, I don't know. I feel like this is a great example of how evolution was touching on themes that in the year 2000 and 2001 and so on were really not on TV at all. Like, yeah, I like know that is like trans people have been around forever. Like you can look at historical texts and find <laughs> evidence of this. Like queer people have always been around. It's not a new trend, but in our American society currently, like it's only recently that it's sort of coming into the media and pop culture and being depicted yeah. as like, this is normal and like trans people exist and they should have care and they should, you know, be respected as who they Absolutely. are. Absolutely. But like this show was before that time, you know, gay marriage wasn't even legal. And so they weren't showing any queerness, but they were finding ways to show those stories. Yeah, I think, I think a closer, the evolution did a good job at presenting these metaphors. Like we just uh, watched, beast of bayville which again was uh, at the time we didn't have gay marriage but we had gay if a gay man came out of the closet he could not be involved with like teaching children yes, or even yeah, have kids because that, therefore yeah. it'd be like a pedophile yeah. and that's kind of the vibe we got with that episode but then there's been other episodes as well where we're just kind of like okay so this is like blatantly a gay metaphor thing like a lot of what like rogue experiences in the show is very much that as well mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and we have talked about kurt trying to pass as straight or whatever something that brought me to mind one reading this was um how kurt uses his image inducer to hide who he is right yeah um and in terms of the trans metaphor here i want to know your thoughts on what does it mean that Professor Xavier is the one who sort of forced this upon him? I knew you were going to ask this. You know what I think, Ryan. You know what I think of that shit. Oh, you know, I sort of open that can of worms and be like, Professor Xavier. I hate this. I feel like this is Professor Xavier's like old gay energy and that he's teaching the kids you need to pass and you need to like fit the binary as much as possible and you need to like follow these social rules and like basically be palatable to straight people. Like that is Xavier's whole deal. He's like, I'll work with the government, like sand yeah. off all the edges. Don't be too freaky around here. Like keep the claws in Logan. Like he <laughs> is, he is like the poster boy of like, I'm a mutant, but like, I'm really safe to be around. And like, you're fine with me teaching your kids because I'm like totally respectable in every way. I'm like super rich white guy. And like, I yeah. don't know, it's, it's all Xavier's energy and it's real. Like there's real people that who are like that. Yeah. Like, okay. Remember when beast turns into beast, he's just like, you can hide in my mansion and never leave. I know. And it's tough because I feel like Beast's story is also similar to Xavier's in a certain way. Like he's also the older gay who's like, I need yeah. to hide myself and it hurts him. Like it's hurting yeah. him constantly. And that is how he ends up blue is because he's hurting himself every day by repressing this side of himself. And like Xavier's basically like, oh, well, like, I don't know. <laughs> like, But I do like that evolution 
seems to be against that. Like, I think that even the stuff with Kurt and his image inducer, like it is Xavier's idea. I don't know where the show's going to go, but I feel like this show is so on the side of the kids expressing themselves that I don't know. I don't, I we, don't know where it goes. Again, but. this is one of those situations where we're not going to really see the full blown out story of that because it just ends in the middle of season four. But I know that <laughs> yeah. season three, even still, Kurt, there's a moment where like all the X-Men are outed except for Kurt and yeah. Kitty and Rogue are really mad about it because he's pretending that he's not one of them. And then eventually he does help them and teleports around in his human form. And yeah. then Katie says something along the lines of like, why don't you take this off and dazzle them with who you really are? And Kurt's like, I'm really not ready for that. So, yeah, which is an interesting story to tell too yeah. in its own way is like, he's not ready. And some of learning how to love yourself is like, you get older and older and you're like, okay, like I'm more comfortable being who I am in more situations. But. Yeah. I mean, this happened in the comic books too, in which Kurt was using the image inducer for a long time. And then obviously completely stopped using it over time. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, but, I feel like you and I didn't start to be cool with who we are until we were adults. So, like, it's okay if Kurt's that way too. You know? Yeah, I agree. Kurt's a good. Kurt's a great character. He's always been one of my favorites for many reasons, and that's one of them. And I think what's important is that in the end, he does embrace who he is. So, mm-hmm, I agree. So next, we just have a quick comment that I wanted to talk about, uh, in which somebody named Ace tweeted at us and said, "Here's my theory." Uh, well, I should actually uh, reference the fact that this is in about Asteroid M on X-Men Evolution that we were like, <laughs> well, how do they get to space? Oh, my and God. And so okay. this was the first of many people messaging us and Being saying, like, you are wrong. You yeah, got this wrong. Here's my theory. <laughs> Asteroid M is hovering at a skyscraper height above either Elastic, Alaska, <laughs> Elastic, Elastica, Elastica, uh, Alaska, <laughs> yeah, Alaska or the Nordic Pole. You can mm. see something similar to the Aurora Borealis in some shots of the exterior Plus, this would explain how they can breathe outside and the yep. water they land in as melted ice. Yes. Uh, I think that this theory is correct. <laughs> I think it's funny that there is not a confirmation on the show. And so this has to be a theory. Like, why yeah. weren't they repeatedly saying like, OK, we have to fly to Alaska in the jet or like, like literally I at mean, any it explains point. why they didn't take a spaceship because that was a big thing we said. We were like, how did Logan fly a plastic plane into space? <laughs> I know. Our plastic helicopter is basically what it was. He was like flying yeah. a little drone, WandaVision style. It just yeah. right so I don't really know what that was about, but I think you all were right because this was the yes. this was not the first tweet. We got many tweets after this being like, I think it's actually not in space. Yeah. Which now that does bring me to back to a question I had a little bit earlier because we were talking about what would happen with the Dark Phoenix saga and the Star Jammers. Would they go to space? Would that yeah. all happen? Would the Shi'ar be in space? And now I don't know, because even in the end of season four, when they reference the Phoenix saga and we see Gene floating among the stars, turning into the Phoenix, mm-hmm. it could just be nighttime. This could, could could be. this could have been like completely on Earth. Like there may have not been any. However, outside. there's a pretty good way to introduce the Star Jammers because it's not like we don't have Havoc and Cyclops on the show. Like those right. are characters and like, where's their dad? I mean, it wouldn't be totally bonkers for them to have their dad be like, oh, I was in space and like have that be how it's introduced much in the same way they did on X-Men TAS. I mean, that was how they introduced those things. The alternative is that the Star Jammers are actually people on Earth that are just like, you know, thieves or whatever. I don't mm-hmm. know. Like, I have no, I have no idea how it would have worked. But this Me is either. really interesting that th- this is what it was. And also, yeah. technically, was it actually Asteroid M? Did he call it that? I don't remember. 
I don't think so, but I, I feel like the episode was called that. I'm going to have to check that. But No, I, it, was, I, it was not. It was called The Cauldron. Remember, you oh, asked why right. it was that, called that. You're like, right. why the fuck did they do that? And I think it's just because they spliced everyone's genes together in like in the a cauldron? gay room. Whatever that was. Witch's brew. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't. What weird episodes those I were. Um, weird okay. apps. This next message comes from Discord um, from Totally Not Mr. Sinister. And they write... What would your fantasy X-Men game be? And they didn't specify if it's like a board game or a video game. But to me, I chose video game because mm-hmm. it's we us. get to pick. <laughs> and it's a video I mean, game. it's not that we don't play board games because that's not true. But I would say that Maddie and I play significantly more video games. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, would say that's so definitely that's true. That's like obvious. Um, I, you can think about your answer for a second because my first answer is just kind of an expansion of what's already been done, honestly. And uh, so the first thing I want to say is that I would love to see a new X-Men arcade game that features new characters that you could unlock and Mm -hmm. go through the world. That game is so famous. The one that was out in like the eighties and early nineties where it was just like Wolverine, Cyclops, Dazzler, but like also what if we could play as Emma Frost or Jean Grey or Kid Omega or Armor or X-23? And what if they did it, in a way where you can unlock multiple X-Men. Like there could be like a hand, like you could have like 200 people you could unlock in this game because they're just sprites that have like different power mm-hmm. sets, right? That, yeah. But they, other than that, they just kind of like punt, kick a punch, right? So it's actually fairly easy to program when you think about that. Mm-hmm. Would you still want it to be like a 2D beat-em-up brawler type of a game or would you want something different? You know what? Okay, so here's in terms of animation style. I don't think I would even want them to do that thing that they did with Ninja Turtles where they made new versions of like the Ninja Turtles arcade games, but they were like in, you know, 3D side scroller games still, but they were like uh, animated in 3D mm-hmm. animation, a 3D. They were animated in a 3D animation. Yeah. Well, what if they just did it like in this like really cool sort of like high frame rate comic book rate like animation? Do you know what I'm saying? Like where it just mm-hmm. be like really crisp because that's become a huge thing in gaming lately is like suddenly like 2D animation with like crazy frame rights. I like I would yeah, love yeah, something yeah. like, like that. Like a Dragon Ball Fighter Z situation where like it looks like the anime but like it's yeah. it's a fighting game. Yeah. That's yeah. sort of what you're picturing. But like with the the comic books and right. Uh, like that would up. be really cool. And like I would be about that. I would also be about them coming back and revisiting the X-Men Legends games now that the rights to the X-Men are no longer owned by Fox because they branched off and they did Ultimate Alliance for a little bit. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, there's so many more X-Men I would love to play as. And especially as time has progressed since those games came out in the early 2000s, there's a lot of new characters I would like to, like to play as. Again, X-23 is a great example of that. But I also think that magic is so huge now that she should have her time to do that. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, what would you play? So I think I would prefer a fighting game. I mean, like, obviously, uh, Marvel vs. Capcom is terrible now. So, like, let's just imagine a universe where we're, like, several years ahead of that. And, <laughs> and like, they make a new Marvel vs. Capcom that's not it bad. It doesn't have to be Marvel vs. Capcom because I'm thinking it's an X-Men game. So I'm basically yeah, like, cool. what's an X-Men fighting game that could exist? And I'm thinking something along the lines of, like, the Nether Realms DC Justice League fighting games. Um, oh, it's, like, that level of dark. <laughs> no 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 just the structure of it where like those games have a really good story mode 
Um, oh, okay. So I'm saying. envisioning like there'd be a really cool fighting game at the bottom of it that like would be enjoyable to play, but then there'd also be like a super high budget like cutscene heavy story mode. And I'm thinking it'd be fun if you play as Rogue for the story mode because she can like take people's powers. And I just feel right. like that'd be a cool protagonist for some type of story. And you could even tell the story of Rogue like starting off a bad girl and then like learning who she is and she meets all the X-Men that way. So in those games though, aren't they... Oh, I- Correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't there a period of time where there were like multiple story modes where you played it from all the different characters point of view? Or am I making that up? I don't think so. I never like beat the story modes of any of those games because I don't (laughs) super care about DC characters. But there were some fun parts like, you know, there's Harley Quinn, there's Poison Ivy, there's the Joker, blah, blah. And it has its own certain canon where it's like, oh, within those that set of fighting games, like there's a certain canon with like Batman and the Joker and blah, blah. Like they they wrote their own story for those right but, and and this is kind of what i'm picturing here is like it would be its own x-men story that would just tell a certain story of maybe rogue is would be cool um and i think that would be really fun and and it would have a, a good fighting game at the root what if they all. did it through like multiple different x-men leaders so you had like a few different story modes that's between i don't know like cyclops storm and rogue, like wolverine, wolverine or whatever yeah. kitty pride and like gene gray and those are like the six story modes you follow and that way it incorporates all the different X-Men that could be on their different teams or when they switch people around, you know? I mean, it could be that, or it could just be like one really good 10 hour story. And then they make a second one and it's like, here's a really good 10 hour story about like X-23. I like that idea just in general for a fighter game, because those games usually have like terrible stories that are short and they like don't make any fucking sense you know and i think i would love to see them get the respect that they deserve i feel like the only studio that's like trying to do that is nether realms with like the mortal kombat stories which they've been doing since mortal kombat 9 actually and then like the just before that right I mean, I, I don't remember. Nine I had, was the first one where they were like, let's really have a long involved yeah. story mode. And it it's pretty stupid, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, you're right. I'm, I'm trying to like remember what it was because I have that ex that I was with for a really long time. He played all nine, those games. Mortal Kombat 9 was ages ago. We're talking about like 10 years ago. So I, All I remember is that when they started doing these games again, it was like the biggest problem Maddie and I had were like, why are all the girls' clothes falling off but not the men's? That's still like, happening, by the oh, way. Oh, okay, good. That hasn't happened. Why is it the... F- okay, I would love to see the Flash's clothes fall off. I don't know. Let's, can that be implemented <laughs> at the X-Men game? Because that seems like that would be really well, important. If Wolverine's clothes aren't falling off, yeah. it's not <laughs> Is it really Wolverine. Really Wolverine. So, <laughs> yeah. But I, I think, honestly, I would just have a different developer in charge of it that's not NetherRealm Studios. I would just put somebody else. Yeah, I don't really she, care. We would is. actually just hire, like, Maddie Myers. <laughs> I don't know how to program a fighting game. Oh, you don't need to program story, it. You but... can direct it. You can be like, okay, this is what needs to happen. Everybody else make the game, you know? Sure, sure. This is a great fantasy. <laughs> so yeah, anyway, that's that's my answer. Uh, that's a good answer. All right, so this next email comes from JH, and they write in, Dear Maddie and Ryan, in a recent episode, Maddie mentioned not having straight listeners. Huh? I just wanted to write in and assure you that's not the case. I picked up the show after someone tweeted you starting X-Men Evolution, and since then, I've been going on the journey of listening to past episodes for X-Men the Animated Series, so rest assured that all your Time Traveler shoutouts were well worth it and appreciated (laughs) now as I go back in time. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) The Mutant Ages has been absolutely amazing to give me a new perspective on the X-Men and a renewed love for the series that I've loved since I I was in my young teens. I would go so far as to say your show would probably probably be 
required listening for straight X-Men fans. <laughs> I became an X-Men fan reading the old 70s and 80s comics that my dad had collected, and I Ooh. always associated the X-Men stories with civil rights and never really thought about it as metaphors for other things. Mm-hmm. Of course, I knew it could be, but never really gave it too much in-depth thought. When I listened to your recap of the first X-Men Evolution episode and heard the who's gay theme and the line, one of those things is being gay, I thought, <laughs> oh yeah, that makes a lot of sense too. It has been amazing to hear perspectives in additions to the animated series canon that I would have never considered at all. My main takeaways from the show, one, of course, Xavier and Magneto were former lovers. Literally everything makes more sense when I think of them through that lens. Even in the current (laughs) comics, it's like, what if Moira convinced them to work out their issues? Yes. Two, Jean really is too good for Scott. Three, Scott and Nightcrawler are dating in X-Men Evolution. I really don't know how I never saw that. And... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, this is I think it's supposed to be four but it says three again but I think that might actually just be my computer fucking it up um, I already knew this one but Xavier really is a piece of shit mm-hmm. I remember reading some of the very early comics where he was crushing on Gene his then Ugh. very young student and thinking Jesus this got, this might not be a good guy and then he <laughs> included a, 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 a screen cap in which Xavier's like talking to Gene and he's like, be careful, my dear. I cannot tell what powers this mutant may possess. He may be a danger to you. And Gene's like, don't worry, sir. Remember how well you've trained us. And then it goes into Xavier's thought bubble and he goes, don't worry, as though I could help worrying about the one I love, but I can never tell her. I have no right. Not while I'm the leader of the X-Men and confined to this wheelchair. Oh my God, Xavier. (laughs) I know like, three times older than she is yeah she's anyway he continues and says my one and only complaint about the show is that i think maddie pronounces xavier correctly without explicitly saying the x sound at all at the start and ryan doesn't (laughs) 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 anyway i hope you keep up the great work differently that's a good see you next time (laughs) jh i don't know i never realized it before i say xavier and you say xavier Hmm. you know what's really funny this is like when everybody's yelling about yelling at me for how I pronounce s'mores. What, what's wrong with that? It's s'mores. I think some people say s'mores and I'm like s'mores. Like I say like a Samoa, like the Girl Scout cookie. I say s'mores, though. I say it the same way as okay. you. Well, maybe this is a Boston thing. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. Or maybe I, I don't know. This also explains like when I was writing alternate lyrics for the Christmas songs that we did on the on the Christmas special. I yeah put Xavier in as having two syllables and at one point you were like that doesn't fit and I was like what's Brian talking about and like I've literally only I don't just remember now that, but that's really funny that it was because <laughs> you would have pronounced it Xavier which is three <laughs> syllables and I was like no it's just Xavier like what it what anyway amazing turns out we can't pronounce things um, I want I uh, first of all I want to say I'm really glad that this email was written in because I know that we we are so on the LGBTQ queer train all the time, 24-7. And we see this as irrefutable proof in the X-Men. Like, it's like funny. I mean, it's yeah. not funny. It's, well, it it's, is, it's, but also it like... It matters to me that somebody wrote in to be like, you're helping me see a different perspective. It does. And because also you and I are very much like always saying things such as there are less straight people than there are bi or gay people in the world, which I, you know, stand <laughs> by no that. We have no proof of But this. we have no proof of that. I What it is is that... I think <laughs> the problem is that like I don't there's problem there's no problem here. What I want to say is that I'm glad that there are straight listeners in addition to any kind of listener that we have on here. And I appreciate this viewpoint because 
neither of us are straight we don't fucking know but we do know <laughs> that there's a lot more gay people than the that we were told there were when we were children because mm-hmm. now everybody's coming out of the closet and figuring out their sexualities and i think the real important thing to take away from that is like just be careful with yourself but also i really appreciate that we have a straight listener who is <laughs> willing to see and like, just like oh yeah I, no but like i'm sure there are others but it's nice to yes. know that straight listeners will see watch, listen to our show and be like wow Cyclops and Nightcrawler are dating. You're totally right. Because that also confirms me that like, this is not what straight people do. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, they don't watch something and be like, let me try to find the characters. No, what I mean, like, I mean like in terms of like what Cyclops and Nightcrawler are doing in the show. Like, and I'm like, I don't think straight people do this. Like, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that yeah. is always nice because you and I are constantly being like, do straight people do this? We're pretty sure they don't. And like, we have no <laughs> way of knowing that. So anyone who can write in and tell us that information, that's very helpful yeah, to us. I don't know. Maybe we can have some more. All right. More straight men that listen to this show. Please write in and tell <laughs> Explain us. Explain yourself. If, no, I was going to say, tell us if it's actually a straight thing that Wolverine just sees a man and has to wrestle him on the floor, like with their clothes falling off for at least 10 minutes. Is that a thing straight do men we, do? We know that that is. <laughs> that's not a thing. a thing. We know that's not a thing. We all know. Anyway, thank, thank you. Thank you. I love this again. email. Um, coming from the Discord, we have that Zach who writes in and says, what was your first foray, foray into the X-Men comics? Do you remember your first issue? And while we've had a similar uh, question to this in the past, I don't think we've talked about our first issue that like, oh, God, we I remember. Know. Do you remember? I mean, so the answer is a couple things here. When I went to my barber shop when I was a kid, they had a bunch of X-Men and Batman comics there. I've talked about this on the show and I picked them up and I had no idea what the fuck was happening in them because... As a child reading X-Men, it's really difficult to read what's happening in telepathy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But the first comic I ever owned was a little bit later because like, I was reading these in the 80s. And the only one that I really first got into and owned myself was an issue of Generation X, which was before Generation X started. It was the precursor, which was the Phalanx uh, uh, saga. And it's a issue that I still own. And it has Emma Frost and Jubilee on the cover. and. Uh, they work together in that and i fell in love with those two characters like instantly and that is just obviously carried through everything and wolverine i got into more because i liked playing as him in the video games and then i got into him in the comic books and the tv show but like my first comic book was definitely a gen x well i technically wasn't i didn't really know it was like one of those crossover events so like everything was just the phalanx covenant so Mm -hmm, i don't know mm -hmm. uh do you remember at all what you first read or owned no i mean it would have been something like on daily scans i i mean i was oh my god daily scans more latecomer to it than you and i so i don't have this like strong memory of being a child picking up a comic book that just wasn't my personal experience because i didn't even get into the x-men until after the live action movie came out so i was in high school the internet already existed you could find comics on the internet depending on what people had uploaded so like whatever the first one i read was would have been from the internet yeah like after that i started buying compilation books and reading old comics that way and i would find them at like newbury comics and stuff they had those huge compilation books that you could buy um and sometimes i would get like newbury comics gift cards for christmas and stuff and that would be like how i would afford a huge book i remember that pretty strongly but i wasn't going and like reading comics week to week until 
way yeah, later. Yeah, that wasn't way later for me either. I was doing the same thing you were doing. Although there's now that you've brought this up, I think we need to explain both what <laughs> Scans Daily and Newberry Comics is because we just like breezed over that. But Newberry oh, Comics yeah. is so, not a chain outside of New England. So yeah, well, I mean, it's it's Newberry Comics is technically a record store by the time we were shopping there. I think it started out as a comic book store, but it's on Newbury Street in Boston originally. Now it's I think a it was chain. both because back in the day, most record stores were also comic book stores. Yep, it was kind yep. of a thing. And now it's kind of more like a hot topic Spencer's gifts. Like, I don't know. It's like a very cool store with a bunch of different shit in it. I, and would, like, it's, I wouldn't say it's like either of those because neither of them really like it's like they're not really clothing or novelty shows, but I think Spencer's is closer to because Spencer's now has so much nerd stuff. But yeah, Newbury Comics is still it still has a primary like record section and a comic book section, but they really, really in the past 10 years have, well, no, I, no, I'm not going to say the past 10 years. I think it was always this way where they've focused a lot on collectibles. Uh, that's kind of their big thing. So, mm-hmm. uh, and they've just really managed to sort of capitalize on that, but they're also a really cool company because they obviously are lo- um, local to new England and Boston, but they treat their staff really well. They use everything in-house. They're not really like, even though they've got these products from like Marvel or whatever, it's like, you know, they have their own shipping companies and all this and that. Like everybody who works for that company is really genuinely happy, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's a cool place. Um, and then scans <laughs> daily. Oh my God. That was like a live journal thing. We have for the record, we have talked about scans daily on the show before. Um, but yeah, it was a live journal community where like yeah. they would just upload X Men and like other comics too. I it think was all, it like, was all comic books, and there was definitely a lot of like people who wanted to post queer stuff on there. Like that mm-hmm. was a huge piece of that, and especially if there was like naked characters in comics, they were like, "Oh, look at this!" And, like it was a whole thing. That community got shut down by some asshole creator. I don't remember who it was. Yeah, yeah, we have talked about this on the show before. I don't yeah, remember. Yeah, we have. That, and so but... then it moved around, but that's what that was for any of our younger listeners. Yeah, it was basically just like before the period of time that is now where you can just buy comics legally on the internet and you can actually find comics. There was like this whole Wild West internet where like you couldn't just find any comic anywhere at all. And so <laughs> there would just be people posting photographs that they took of yeah. comic book pages on the internet all right so next up we have a quick message from drake on discord who writes in do you ever listen to music while reading comics and if so what music and my answer is pretty easy in which it is no me either (laughs) (laughs) i I like the idea of this but i can't concentrate on something if i do that i i mean i here's the funny thing is that we i don't know about you but like I think we both listen to music a lot like i listen to music like almost all day long but if i'm reading something like i cannot like process those two things at the same time sometimes i can write and like listen to music but there can't be lyrics yes i'm the same way i have to listen to music without lyrics if i'm writing but also i like writing in silence i mean we both have adhd i so that's that's a factor here i feel like some people i know that have adhd are like i have to listen to music while i write or like it has to have lyrics and like i need multiple things happening at the same time and i'm like the opposite of that where i'm like no i have to not have that in order to function on the other end if i'm if i'm making art like i usually want music on for that that makes sense yeah i i mean i like to have music just for if i'm like walking around or like driving around or whatever i love music for those situations but then i'm like kind of concentrating on the music itself yeah but yeah i like the idea of having like a playlist while you're reading x-men like that is pretty (laughs) freaking cool actually like i even though i wouldn't do it because it would just distract me i mean i I create playlists based on what i just read but that's about it 
Spotify, baby. I love it. All right. So, Maddie, I just sent you the next one. So if you want to read the next email. Okay. So this email's from Tom, who writes, Hi, Maddie and Ryan. First time emailing in. So I'll start off by saying, as a cis white dude, how much I appreciate your perspectives (laughs) on one of my favorite comics franchises when I was growing up. Tom, you didn't say whether you're straight or not, so I, I have to assume you're not. <laughs> anyway. Okay, but also I, li- I do appreciate that everybody's coming out and being like, hey, we like your show. Here's how I identify, just so you yeah. know. Um, okay, so continuing along. Now for my question. Are the X-Men a good metaphor for marginalized folks? I can't help but reflect back on some of the discourse surrounding the game Deus Ex Mankind Divided, maybe because of the release of Cyberpunk 2077 in re- recent weeks. Maddie may be pretty familiar with this. I'm also a big fan of split-screen triple-click. But to summarize for those who aren't so involved in video games, Mankind Divided takes place in a world where people augment their bodies with super advanced prosthetics, making these augs different from normal people. Previously in the Deus Ex series, a shadowy organization in essence uploaded a computer virus to most augs with their onboard computer being how the inorganic prosthetics could communicate with the organic. The virus then basically drove the augs psychotic, resulting in a great deal of death and destruction. As a result, Augs became segregated simply for possessing augmentations in the next game. The thing is, these augmentations aren't always a method by which someone could replace a lost limb or the like. They could grant people many similar powers to what we see in mutants. Super strength, super speed, the ability to see through walls, regeneration factors, even blades hidden in their arms. Now, as we all know, thanks to your wonderful podcast, the X-Men are a metaphor for a lot of things. But is it a good metaphor? Yes, mutants are being marginalized just because of their circumstances, of their birth, but they can also possess incredibly destructive powers that could be weaponized for good or ill. And with our souls like Xavier around, (laughs) we could probably also make those good mutants go psychotic on a whim. I'm seeing a lot of overlaps between Augs and mutants. Do you guys think the same discourse that took place for Mankind Divided could or should be the same for mutants? Where could they differ? Could this be a bad metaphor in the sense that, for example, people in the LGBTQ plus community don't have blades coming out of their arms or such other things? I wish or we is did. It better to simply have that metaphor as some kind of representation to empower the LGBTQ plus and allow those outside the community some position by which they can better empathize with those in it. Love to hear your thoughts. And thanks again for all that you do. So is this like the metaphor of like the metaphor, the queer metaphor stops working when it also becomes like we're guns? Yeah, we have talked <laughs> about that a little bit, although I think there's a couple things here. So in this version, the Deus Ex version, it's more like um, uh, in humans in the comics where it's like you don't start out this way you're not inherently this way but like something happens to you and you change and that's a different metaphor but that's, that's okay so it's not like it's inside you and then it is you know you hit puberty and it becomes a thing right exactly like you're okay. if you're a mutant you're not choosing it you're becoming it at some point it's already part of your genetics you you aren't like oh go you know i w- hope i turn out to be wolverine and those are the powers i want and then you like go to a store and you buy that and you like put it in your body that sounds more like what the reavers do yeah yeah that's a good that's a good example because they're cyborgs as well so they're kind of more right. like the odds yeah when, when i was reading this i was thinking about lady death strike and all her little reaver friends who yeah. are bad guys i mean that's that's how they're framed um in in contrast to the mutants where it's like they're born that way and if they were to augment themselves like that's changing who they already are it's part of why i feel like it works so well for just queerness in general is because it's like this is something that you realize is a part of you and yeah. other people just have to accept that. But 
It also is kind of a bad metaphor sometimes, <laughs> like because so, yeah. we don't have really cool superpowers. It's like you realize that like you're a mutant, and that you could also potentially like kill people with your powers, like. And sometimes know. not though. Like some of the mutants have like powers that are just nothing, and it's like, oh well, like you can change the channel by blinking your eyes. I mean, that's a, I think that's the case of like some of the Morlocks, where their mutation is that they physically mutate, and that's it. You know? Yeah, and I mean that's sort of interesting uh, because it's just it's a sci-fi world. It's just positing a different thing. And, and it's not, it's not one-to-one. I feel like where people fall down on the X-Men metaphor, when they're like arguing about it on the internet, which I feel like I see every three weeks, um, is like, (laughs) it's no, I mean, I get it. Like people are like, Oh, is this a bad metaphor for civil rights or like, you know, gay rights or whatever. And it's like, well, yeah, because it's not literal. Like it, it's if it were literal, then yeah, that would be horrible because it would be saying like literally marginalized people have superpowers and we need to keep them down. Yeah. I mean, I, w- I wish we did. I wish. But I think also what's important about the mutant ages or sorry, the mutant ages. I just said the mutant ages. OK, the thing about the X-Men is that it's not just one metaphor. There's so many different metaphors, which we break mm-hmm. apart on this show. I mean, like. Think about how we even talked about like a metaphor for like abuse in here. Like that comes up a lot. You know, there's mm-hmm. all sorts of like weird different metaphors that the X-Men address more so than other superhero comic books do. Like, I mean, I think Avengers maybe sometimes goes into it, but there's not another comic book or series that is so heavy handed in being like, here's a metaphor for A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, O, P. You know what I mean? Yeah, other like, than like in humans, like you have the Kamala Khan story. That wasn't even like a thing until they did it for the MCU to kind of like use as a placeholder for the X-Men, which is just weird because that's not really, like it wasn't really a big thing happening in the comic books until that all happened. You know what I mean? And, and at that point, it wasn't an original idea. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, well, I guess we have to make it work. Yeah. 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 You know, but, uh, yeah, I just I feel like there is a difference in a story between whether the character is having superhero ness thrust upon them or if they're choosing it, if they're like, I'm choosing to be this and, and what kind of person chooses something like that, like a Tony Stark type. Yeah, right. The only thing I could think about that is on board with that same kind of idea isn't a comic book, but it reminded me a lot of the first season of Legend of Korra where there were like all these anti-people that were like, we don't want people that know how to control the elements around, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's like, but in that again was a situation where it was, you were either born with that or you were not. Yep. Um, and that was, a, I think that's a big piece of why I love Legend of Korra so much is that it introduced that idea. And I was like, oh, okay. So I, I, I'm on board for anything X-Men. But DC does not have anything like this. They have like metahumans, but it's not, they don't do the whole thing where like, oh, life is harder for me because I'm a metahuman or whatever. And it's, uh, they're just there like black canary is a badass and also can scream like you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah i do yeah it's just not something that dc comics really do i mean unless somebody's listening and they want to write in and tell us about like a dc comic that they feel like has an x-men vibe maybe there's something we're missing we're not yeah, so i don't know DC. there just really hasn't been a lot of other comics that are relatable like this and some that do that do have like a metaphor in there like it's not like the x-men where it's just so many piled up on top of each other so I, I don't know. I, I think we're getting far away from the point of the email, but you know, the metaphor of the idea of <laughs> the, the queer people also being like weapons is not great. It's <laughs> so, not great. It's not great. And it, it comes with its own set of problems that, you know, <laughs> we go into from time to time. But I think the other parts of the metaphor are pretty good and can sometimes help people understand uh, what, what they're looking at. Oh yeah. I agree. Uh, do you want to do a voicemail? 
Yeah. Oh my god, okay. a voicemail. It's actually two. Like it's in two voicemails. Um, Great. it's from Elena because she called us and then called us again. So <laughs> love that. Love that. Ages, so Can you hear that? These yep. are my thoughts about the new mutants movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, where do I start? Okay. Yeah, um, where? Just a couple things. One, I don't know if you noticed, but Cecilia wore a, like, red diamond brooch, a pin, like, in every one of her outfits in the in the movie. Hmm. I, I appreciated that detail. Like, I, I think I agree with Maddie in that, like, this is almost a good, it almost could have been a good movie. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm, stuff mm-hmm. like that, that I, I appreciate, little detail-oriented stuff. Secondly, they didn't even bother to, like... Cecilia's powers would even work that way. Like, they're <laughs> basically limited to her own body. So oh. It just wasn't Cecilia. It yeah. was not. Um, and one more thing. I don't, I mean, I interpreted Ileana's demons, like, completely differently from all you guys. Ooh. And I don't know if it's the right one or if we it's just a function know. of how nope. things <laughs> that was portrayed in the movie. But I thought... She was one of the kids that was experimented on, and oh, um, oh. the Slenderman were like what she thought the scientists looked like. Oh, I didn't really okay. get the substitute thing from that, but looking back at that, that's as good of an origin story as any. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure. I like it more than the rape story. Jesus. Yep. Yeah. Okay, wait, is it still going? One? No, it just paused. Oh, hold on. Not yet. It was almost good. Okay. I think she's thinking. Which movie was more which movie was more enjoyable for you? Was it The Mutants or Dark Phoenix? Oh no. <laughs> no. Honestly, I can answer that question. But... I, was having, I was arguing with someone about this, and he said that Dark Phoenix is better because the yeah, actors are better. You know, they have James McAvoy and Sure. He's sexy. I don't know. Magneto guy. Magneto guy. Magneto guy. Magneto guy. But I said that uh, movies was more had more interesting details in it, more interesting things that happened, even if it's kind of a worse movie altogether. But what Uh I want to know is which which one did you enjoy the most or hated the least? Anyway, Um, sorry this went on so long. Just so you haven't had a lot of voice messages yeah. lately, and we all could use um, a voice different than what we're used to. <laughs> oh, you know what? I, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll answer this one first before we go to the next one. All right. So I know she emailed. She left a second voicemail, like directly after that. Um, but let's answer this real quick. Um, first of all, I like that theory. I like the theory that this is her origin story was that it was the scientists experimenting on her and then they just put her there. I don't know. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I think that's interesting. I mean, it could be the literal scientist that we see in the movie from like the Logan timeline or whatever, uh, or it could just be like different scientists in Russia that experimented on her. I don't even know if yeah. Elena's introducing that, but I mean, I mean, that was like a big plot idea back in the eighties. Right. So who knows? Yeah. 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 I mean, sure. It could be that. I, I mean, Omega I, red. Hello. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, it, it could have been could have been something like that. I mean, again, the movie's not clear enough that we could ever. <laughs> I know it's know not. the answer to this, but I like 
I like the theories. I like more theories. I also, yeah, that's not Cecilia. That's not her powers work. I have so many problems with Cecilia in that movie. Um, <sighs> She's a different character. It's fine. She is. She is. But the other thing I was going to say is that I still like New Mutants more than Dark Phoenix. Dark Phoenix is like so bad. Like it's yeah. like not even cut well. Like half that movie, if you want to really listen to this, we put our initial reactions to the movie on Patreon. We will do an actual episode about it sometime down the line with Todd. But when we first finished it, you, me, and Katie sat down and we were like, mm-hmm. what the fuck was that movie? Like, at least with New Mutants, we were like, that was almost a good movie. But you can't say that about Dark Phoenix because it was bad. It was just bad. Remember when they kept on doing all these shots that were like directly in everyone's face for like multiple scenes? And then they do like a quick shot of like somebody falling down and it go like right up into fucking like Jean Grey's face again. I'd be like, I don't even I can't even see what's happening. Like, yeah, I I really didn't like Dark Phoenix. It's been long enough since I saw it that I, I only remember like bits and pieces of it because I just didn't like it at all. It was like but... on TV at one point recently and I was wow. started watching it. And I was like, I don't. I don't even know if I can watch this. And I'm like a diehard X-Men fan that's willing to sit through X3, even though I hate it, you know? Mm-hmm. I I feel like Dark Phoenix is worse than X3. I don't know. It's tough to say. Uh, I, well, because X3, at least the first half of it had some interesting stuff in it. Whereas Dark Phoenix, I was just like, I don't know what the fuck is happening. I didn't, <laughs> like, I didn't think that James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender were like good enough in that movie. They didn't really get that much to do. It's not really about them. Oh, but also like both of them said that they were like tired of the X-Men shit because they realized that the movies were like bad somewhere around like the after the first one. Their, their first class was really good. Days of Future Past was enjoyable too. Like those two were good, but then they like did Apocalypse and then immediately were like, okay, we have to do another one of these shitty movies. Like why? Yeah. And like by the time they were making Dark Phoenix, I think it was already basically locked up. Like they were like, we're not going to be, Fox isn't going to have the rights anymore. Like that was all happening like as they were making that movie, right? Or maybe it was yeah, after. Yeah, that was all happening around the same time because Deadpool 2 was also coming out. It was like that weird period of time and New Mutants was also in production. That yeah. was all in production at the same time, even though none of that came out at the same time. I know, so, but it was all happening at the same time. Anyway, that's our answer. I guess we can listen to Elena's uh, second email or second voicemail. Okay. Uh, I have a message from Elena because I don't know if I said my name at, at the beginning of the last one. <laughs> That's okay. I have another question for you. Um, what does your setup look like when you're recording? Like, can you guys see each other or are you just listening to each nope. other? <laughs> I, I guess that's what I want to know because I want to know if you guys can, like, see each other's reactions to things. <laughs> no. We don't. I imagine that you can. But then Todd said something that he said in, in the last episode, the New Mutants episode, that, like, you guys can't see what he was Pat on his face, but anyway, Todd is great. Um, <laughs> Todd is great. Yep. Anyway, that's it. Um, stay safe, everyone. <laughs> okay, so uh, no, we don't run anything. Although, upon listening to that, I guess I don't know why we don't do that. You know, I don't really either. I mean, for triple click, we actually can see each other on webcam every time. Yeah, that's that's what I was gonna say. I know you do it with triple click, and you guys are looking at each other, and maybe maybe we should consider yeah, it. Yeah. I guess I'm just like, I don't feel like I need to see you in order to know what you're doing because I feel like I know, I know. you well, so yeah. well, but it's not it's not like I don't know. Can what you imagine you're doing. it's like oh, you finally get to see what I do every time. I'm like, now you get to watch me pick my nose while I record the podcast. Although we did mm-hmm. Insomniacs in the morning and we looked at each we other did. then and we did not do those things. So Yeah, like, we did. But that was also like a live video show. So everybody could see it us. was, although it was fun. I, I did appreciate that. I could see you. It was, it was nice. So maybe we'll consider doing it, but no, right now we just like have uh, all of our equipment set up because it, you know, it's like 
takes yeah, up enough space as is. Yeah, we both have a microphone and a mixer set up now. Um, yeah. And like a USB mixer that like plugs into our com- each yeah, of our computers. Yeah, I also have like, especially today, um, I have like multiple things open because we're doing the reader mail. But, you know, when we do a regular episode, I usually have my show notes out. So I'm looking at that and I'm also keeping an eye on Audacity to make sure it doesn't just randomly stop recording because that happens sometimes. So mm-hmm. that's what I do, too. And we do Zencaster as our backup. So I'll have Zencaster in one window, yeah. Audacity in the other window, and I like watch them both the whole time. And then I actually have my laptop with my notes on it as like a third screen. So I'm yeah. looking at three screens when we record the show so that's oh my god that's crazy maybe but that's what that's what i do now now that we said this or this has come up it is totally doable if we wanted to do some of our let's plays with video you know what i mean i never really thought about that like long distance i kind of like them as just audio but like you guys can let us know what you think you want to see you know we did also do video for the christmas special so like if people want to see all of us including katie and todd we're all on video for the christmas special on the youtube channel and we did it live talking to each other on video so so it's not like we (laughs) never do that um it's all these things are possible in uh, in an internet future future Yeah, Yeah, especially during the pandemic where everything has learned how to be online. Yes, and I feel like a lot of video programs have actually had to improve during that time period. Yeah, I noticed that. Did you notice that? I was like, huh, wow, Discord and Zoom seem to be working a lot nicer than they did before. And even Skype. Skype is not as bad as it used to be. Like, they've had to update some that's stuff. That's what everyone says, except I can like can never get into Skype. I don't know. I still hate Skype, but that's... It sucks, but it's better than it used to be. It used to it be is. really bad. It was really yeah. bad. Anyway, that's how we do it. Yeah. Um, okay, quick question from Totally Not Mr. Sinister on the Discord, in which they write, Who is the X Men you feel is the most likely to randomly pull a gun out and shoot somebody instead of their powers in a superhero fight? And they <laughs> followed up with, like, I think Emma, Remy, or Ileana. And I replied, I said, I mean, the obvious answers here are Cable and Bishop. And they were like, Okay, it can't be characters that already or use like pool, guns. Yeah. So I was like, Okay, fine. <laughs> yeah, it can't be characters that already shoot people all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Emma. Emma pulling out a gun is the funniest <laughs> shit ever. I don't even know if that's actually the answer. Like, it's not as though Emma needs to do that, but it's so funny. I mean, Beast I... technically shoots tranquilizer guns at people, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's very hard to imagine Beast pulling out a Glock and being like, like that Beast would yeah. never just kill. Well, I was gonna say like I would that. say Sage, but again, I think she falls into the category of Cable and Bishop, where they regularly use guns anyway. Mm-hmm. So you know what be... the answer is? I feel like it might be Xavier. Like <laughs> would pull out a gun. I don't know. I, don't know. I like Magneto. Like Magneto might, but he hates guns. I know. I was about to say Rogue, but Rogue prefers to punch people. It's tough because I feel like in a lot of these cases, the character's powers genuinely are stronger than a gun. So it's like, why would you use a gun if you like have yeah. Cyclops's eye beams? Like you don't need to pull out a gun because you have. Or, or even Gambit, like, he can just charge any object and throw it at you, and that's like a bullet. Like, why yeah, would but he I can also see Gambit doing it just to be like, didn't see that coming. I'm just a roulette. Like, you know, I don't know. <laughs> and also the idea of Gambit playing Russian roulette is something I would totally see him do, you know? Yeah, and I mean, I could see him, like, charging a bullet and then putting it into oh my the God. roulette wheel like, and then being like, which bullet Okay, can you, you imagine it? Gambit doing, like, Russian roulette, but he doesn't charge a bullet. He just puts, like, a charged, like, piece of a playing card in there, and it's like yeah. they have to shoot, like, kinetic energy at each other. Or so just, stupid. like, shoves a bunch of random stuff in there, like a like a chapstick that's yeah. charged and, like, a oh ring and, like, a bunch God. of random crap, and he's Fucking just, like, shooting Gambit. stuff at people that, like, isn't a bullet and that's it's killing hilarious. them. That's hilarious. 
I think I the answers he, that totally not Mr. Sinister gave us were right. Emma, Remy, or Ileana, that probably are the correct answers. Mm-hmm. Um, if, okay, our next question comes from Drake on the Discord who says, what are your thoughts about the rumor that Lady Gaga will be playing Emma Frost? And my first initial reaction is that I think that is false. I don't think that's actually happening. <laughs> I can't and really see that happening, I think, honestly. I think the reason why that came up is because she played What's-Her-Face on, um, oh my God, what am I, American Horror Story. And I think that character was similar enough to Emma Frost to have Disney eye them. But I think it would be a total waste to have Lady Gaga on that show and not have her be Dazzler, you know? Yeah, like, why not have her be somebody who sings? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. She is a good actor, though. Like, she could... I I don't know if Emma is the character I would have her play, but I do actually I mean, is it because she doesn't wear pants normally? So they're like, yeah, yeah, Lady Gaga's got this. I don't know. But she's also very tiny. Like, she's like my height. And I feel like I think of Emma as like very statuesque and like Amazonian in terms of her look. Um, yeah, same and Lady here. Gaga's I, uh, pretty petite. It doesn't mean she couldn't play the character anyway. Like, who fucking cares? But that was my first reaction to that, too. But I was like, well, if Maddie were answering this, because Maddie's also short, she would just wear giant heels. And that is what you have done for previous productions. That is so. what I did. Um, I don't have Emma's boobs and I don't have her super long legs, and neither does Lady Gaga. Like, no. she's tiny. So, I I, I don't know. She maybe she could just be somebody else. Like I Dazzler. don't really know who the pers- best person is to play Emma Frost at this point, but we can think on that one. Yeah, I don't know either. Um, it it kind of depends on like when they make that movie. It, uh, but it is a cool role for an older woman. So it is. It is. All right. Next email comes from Todd. We know him because he's on this <laughs> show sometimes. And Todd writes in and says, "Yay, Todd! Greetings, ex hosts. I was listening to the latest ep." fun and games and something occurred to me after all the instances of talking about Kurt eating or being hungry from mm-hmm. listening to the show it seems like X-Men Evolution never gives Kurt shit for being a big eater or eating something nonsense like a cheeseburger for breakfast yeah. the way y'all describe it in the eps the people around him see it as a quick as a cute quirk instead of a problem I keep comparing that to how many times you've talked about how the show using t- using food to make digs at Fred, either him eating way too much or eating when other people aren't. So it's an inappropriate time and so on. I know Kurt is a good guy and Fred is a bad guy. That's in quotes, by the way. <laughs> Whatever. That so means. the show is going to paint them differently, but also it feels like this double, double standard is how they paint them differently. If you're thin or average, then eating six cheeseburgers for breakfast is just you being a big eater if you're a fat person like fred then eating six cheeseburgers for breakfast is proof that you're a bad person it's not like i'm defending six cheeseburgers for breakfast here this sort of (laughs) stuff skates under our notice all the time but it's also part of the barrage of messages we get from the culture that subtly influences our beliefs and norms and behaviors trust me on this my field is media studies and unlike xavier i actually am a doctor (laughs) one last thing i just want to say that there are very few media recappers or critics who actually routinely go into go in on the fat phobic shit that the stuff they're watching does and not and speaking not as your friend and sometimes co-host but just as a fat person we notice it when you stand up for fred or point out that the show's doing some bullshit to him because he's fat and it's appreciated thank you for doing it now if you excuse me I've got, I've got to get back on the stage. I'm, pl- <laughs> oh my god, what, Todd? <laughs> now, if you, now if you'll excuse me, I've got to get back on stage. I'm playing the wacky geek neighbor on the next episode of WandaVision. Todd. <laughs> oh my god, I wish that was true. <laughs> like I was like not expecting that there. <laughs> I would love it if Todd was just suddenly on a WandaVision app. That would really turn my whole experience of the show around it's not as though i don't like wandavision but todd's not on it so like 
is it that good of a show? I don't <laughs> it's, know. It would be better if Todd were on the show. Yeah, I do. I think this is a great email and a really good point. Um, we do we do try to point out fatphobic tropes on the show, but there's certainly things I don't notice. And this is an example of a thing that I didn't really think about that much. And it's really true. Like whenever Fred is eating stuff, like he'll get it on himself. Like it'll be presented as like hilarious or like disgusting. Remember Bada Bean Bottle Boom? It explodes on him and he gets it everywhere. Or the episode that they introduce him, he, there's a food fight and he can't get up yeah. because he keeps slipping on the food. It's like. Yeah, it's it, they're constantly juxtaposing him with food. Whereas with Kurt, like it's never that way like it's not yeah. like he's eating cheeseburgers and like slipping on the cheeseburgers or like spilling it on himself <laughs> I mean, like, which by the way would be pretty funny and i don't know why they don't do that i mean i wish all the characters were doing that because then yeah. it would be okay with me if everybody was like slipping on shit like they were banana peels but instead only the fat characters slipping on cheeseburgers like what right it's it's sad and it's here's the th- and here's also my first reaction to this this is a show about teenagers so the idea that we're sitting here and we're going to criticize like one fat character for eating a shitload of food is totally shitty because like they're teenagers all teenagers eat like shit like do you remember how much crap we all ate as teenagers like yeah like whenever what? we watch this show ryan and i have to go on a digression about like how we would eat cheeseburgers for breakfast as teens because it was fun and like yeah. who cares yeah Why i not? mean that's the shit people do and secondly like who cares who yeah. cares if you're eating food or not there's like so much the other extreme of this is that like you're a teenager that gets made fun of for eating too much so then you just stop eating altogether like why is it so extreme like it's this is like a weird media thing that i hate you know Mm -hmm. it is and it's reinforced by other people where like people judge what everyone else eats all the time and it has to stop you know it has to stop because everyone's bodies are different like that's just it there's like there's a reason why everybody in the face of the fucking planet looks different we have different biology and genetics like it's not what it i don't know we have to stop like sitting there being like okay fat people are bad in tv and media like Mm -hmm. and this is hot off of like just the whole weird thing that happened with resident evil 8 or whatever where like they introduced a new fat character yeah which todd had a very good thread about by the way about that character yeah that was on twitter but i didn't even know that happened until i saw it i was like what the fuck i thought we weren't doing this anymore (laughs) like yeah i know anyway good email todd and then, of course, we have a classic email from Elena who gave us some screen caps. Yes. So Elena writes, hey, mutant crew, I really enjoyed fun and games, mostly because it's the kids trying to do something normal like have a party, which, as you've said, this show excels at. So here's my usual collection of screen gaps, screen grabs, uh, Rogue's Goth Topic magazine in her locker. <laughs> yes. I'll put this in your thing so you can see that. She had a whole bunch of shit in there. She also had like the dictionary because back then you would have to have that. Also, she has all these pictures of people in there, and I don't yeah. know who any of them are. Like, I remember pausing this at the time. Also, like, biology is spelled wrong on her textbook. <laughs> it's like, okay, it's like, bi- it's like, ball. it's, it's not even a G. It's like, balks, balls, biolisi. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it, I think it's supposed to say biology, but it says biolisi. <laughs> I love how they, like, did not try there. Yeah, it's like they just drew this really quickly and they were like, uh, okay, so she should have a goth topic magazine. What else should be in the locker? Um, a random envelope, a bunch of pictures of boys, and a biolisi and a dictionary. Textbooks. A, bi- a biolisi. <laughs> I can't stop. I don't oh understand it. I it don't is know. fantastic I, that she has that, though. Yeah, it's I feel like they put in one thing that it makes sense for her to have, but everything else in her locker, I was like, I don't understand this shit. But yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, And then she says to Jean's eyes rolling all the way around made for some (laughs) hilarious animation frames, which yeah, I love it. 
<laughs> and then finally, the last thing she sends us, Kurt and Evan making out. I ship it <laughs> since Scott is dealing with Gene nonsense through this whole episode. I didn't even catch this. Yeah, I don't even remember when this happens in Fun and Games. It's like Kurt on top of Evan. Like I think I don't it's know. probably Evan going and picking up Kurt's uh, unconscious body is probably what the screenshot oh, and, and, is and from. And then Kurt waking up. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sleeping Beauty Kurt. Oh, he kissed him, Evan. Kitty is just in the background staring at them, which is funny. I know. Well, Kitty's just like, wait, everyone here is gay? <laughs> everyone uh, here is having sex except for me? That's what? not true, Kitty. You're fucking rogue. She says, thanks for the laughs, Elena. Aw, yay. We were almost there, guys. Uh, totally not Mr. Sinister wrote in a couple funny things that I just want to bring up. We do not need to spend a lot of time on it. But okay. the, first qu- person, the first question they sent through Discord was, Ryan, and your sexual fantasies, which version of Wolverine's voice is it? Hugh Jackman, the animated series Evolution, Ooh. or Wolverine in the X-Men? To be honest with you, it's none of them. It's like I've made up a voice in my head that's still like growly and grunt. Like, right, like right. Grunting, sort of an growly. amalgamation of each of them, probably. Yeah, but like I hear, I mean, like I read what's on the comic book pages and I kind of hear a voice to that, which doesn't actually match any of those voices. Like, hmm. you know what I mean? So I don't know. It's kind of like its own growly, gruff voice. And this is totally... <laughs> separate but they also asked like to the both of us if you kissed apocalypse would he a monologue through it and would you want him to would i want him to you know i don't okay why do i have to kiss apocalypse <laughs> your takeaway. i like how it's it's like starting with like you will kiss him like if you kiss him and so then i have to answer it as though i'm i'm kissing him um i don't like this i'm not interested in this he probably would monologue through it though i wouldn't want him to but he would do that he probably would just i mean that would be a great fan fiction for him and mr sinister maybe we can make that it happen. would be it would be i mean they're characters in the mutant ages comic book so you can uh, yeah. make it happen yeah i mean that's coming up soon so but no mr sinister in apocalypse I mean, okay technically mr sinister hasn't shown up yet in the mutant ages comic book it's just we yeah he's been referenced he well we saw his, we saw his ribbon cape at one point we did and like apocalypse called him on the phone <laughs> um next email comes in from christopher who writes about Legion and says, hi again. I know this show is literally years away, but with all the problems you both have with Professor X and the problems we have the movies, I'd love you. I'd love to see you tackle this show. I doubt it will happen, but those of us who don't always live in the same world as you two, and we like think it's pretty great. So we need something from the live action world. Anyway, love the show, Christopher. Uh, that's on the list. We'll get there eventually. <laughs> we will get there eventually. I don't really know why, but for whatever reason, when we started the show, we were like, we have to watch Legion. It was probably because Legion was on when we started this podcast. I, can I be honest with you? I didn't even see the second season and now it's like not accessible anywhere, I don't think. Or did they make a third season? I don't even fucking know. I don't think so. I, don't I think, think it's just they the did. two. I think there were just I liked two. season one though. Yeah, we both really liked season one. I heard season two, I heard really mixed things about season two, which which is part of why I never sat down to watch it. But I also figured we'd get to it eventually. So Audrey Plaza was fantastic in that show. I love her. She's so great. like as an actress, she's just fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. Also, I felt like that universe was more X-Men-y than any of the movies were in terms of like technology and the weird shit that was even happening. Yeah, it it was also another example of something during that weird time period when like the rights were switching around and like it was an example of something where they could do a more daring and risky idea in the TV space yeah. where like nobody was paying attention to it, which I think is kind of neat. I mean, I I don't know. I thought that show was really cool um but yeah I did i'd too. like to watch it just for that reason because i enjoyed it so much we'll definitely go back and watch it again so don't worry that's on the, the long list of x-men content that will keep us in production for the next 55 years or longer until we die i think I, yeah. yeah okay there we go um from twitter that zach writes in and says 
what new take would you like to see in the X-Men cartoon series? What do you think would make a new series seem fresh? And we've talked about this on the show. We've talked about what we want to see, but what makes this interesting is like, what do we think that would make the series fresh that would be different from the other ones besides just adding new characters? And it's a cartoon. Is that the question? Yeah. 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 Probably just a different, like not a Xavier team. Like that alone would be different from every other show that came before it. Like not having Xavier be the leader, like make it Storm or make it a Magneto show or make it something. That's actually a good idea. If we did like sort of, sort of, like I think the reason why X-Men Evolution excelled so much is that it just totally redid the idea just by being like, okay, now they're all going to be in this fan fiction teenage high school setting. And it actually worked really well. And it is super different. It's different from every other example. Yeah. Yeah, And I think Wolverine and the X-Men, I give it credit for trying to do multiple stories and overarching plot and connecting all together in a way that X-Men, the animated series couldn't, but it ended up introducing like 3000 characters and not spending time with any of them in a way that I didn't like where X-Men Evolution took its time to slowly add in all these characters. So I don't Mm -hmm. know. I think, I think it would have to be something in the same way that X-Men Evolution just totally reinvented the idea. By the way, this is going to be crazy. Totally. It's not irrelevant, but you know, that uh, TV show, Iron Man, Iron Man Adventures, where Tony Stark was also just a teenager. It was like an alternate universe where they all met when they were teenagers instead. The Jean Grey from X-Men Evolution is on that show for an episode, which Maybe we is should crazy. check that out. Uh, yeah. I don't know. We have so, so much stuff to watch. I don't know. Why I just have we done that. this to I ourselves? So that's it. Um, next question from Drake. Just real quick. Since the X-Men anime is on Netflix, subs <laughs> or dubs? And I'm just going to say dubs because the dubs are fucking hilarious but also the subs are like wolverine's voice is like crazy in japanese so both yeah <laughs> so the i answer don't is know both. the I answer is know. you watch it twice and you do both and you have to experience I, I, both. I like the subs more i originally watched it as subs because like like in the the english version it, okay so todd was just talking about this in which well yeah both <laughs> of you were watching it and talking about it in slack the translations are like totally different he's just like he's like these are t- saying completely different things number one uh like wolverine's voice in the english version is all like oh wolverine blah 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 but in like in the japanese version it's like it's a me wolverine i am so <laughs> full of myself and it's like what <laughs> that sounds hilarious though so i guess both the answer right. has to be both our final question is from totally not Mr. Sinister. And they just say, how would you feel if in the MCU, Xavier wasn't a mutant? He would just be a human who starts a team to protect mutants and help them control their powers and stuff. And my answer is like, I hate it. Why would that happen? What? I don't know, <laughs> but I really don't want to hu- I don't want a human Xavier try to control mutants. Like that's awful. But also like, I think it would have worked because Xavier's whole deal is that he's a mutant that keeps brainwashing people. <laughs> like, Yeah, I don't, he'd be like a completely different character in that situation. I mean, I was going to say he'd be more like Moira, but of course that's not true anymore. Um, But yeah, he'd be a different character. I don't know. Yeah. Why would they do that? They would never do that. Why would, that's just an absurd question. Sorry, oh totally not Mr. Sinister. We can't even answer this that's one. It. We reject it. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. There's one more email here from Andrew, <laughs> oh which is very, gosh. it's okay. very short. It says, uh, since y'all got into Wolverine's behavior, how it doesn't make any sense on season one of X-Men Evolution, my friend and I noticed this even as kids and made up some backstory for why he was always running off. We image, we imagined a very public school teacher lounge in the mansion that Wolverine and Storm had to share, including an employee refrigerator. After living <laughs> so long with Wolverine, <laughs> 
he would develop unique tastes of food. Someone would, someone would frequently steal his clearly marked food from the fridge. Upon <laughs> discovering this, he would declare, somebody told, somebody stole my chocolate-covered hoagie from the fridge. I got a ride! <laughs> he, he, could, he would then jump on his motorcycle and wrestle Sabertooth. But oh in reality, of course, it was Xavier stealing from the refrigerator. <laughs> oh my God, this is such a good headcanon. I feel like this is a joke we would have come up with in I know, it school. sounds like something we would have said too. I liked it. This is so good. That's definitely real now. I'm working that into the Mutant Ages canon. Okay, good, good for you. <laughs> is it time? It is. Um, <gasps> it's, it's time, time for, for the Mutant Ages the comic. episode of the Mutant Ages the comic book. Unlike the last episode, I did not make it 25 pages. Oh, my God. Well, <laughs> okay, we'll, good. we'll see, listener. You and okay, I well, together will see if here's Ryan... Here's something, here's something different this time. I did a previously on the Mutant Ages comic in an extra lengthy story. Wait, you know what? First of all, let me say the Mutant Ages comic is what just us in the X-Men universe. It's our own little fan it's fiction fan based fiction. on the podcast. If That's this is it. your first time here, you can go back and listen to previous reader mails if you want previous installments of this fan fiction, or you don't have to. Who cares? You don't have to. Who cares? But there's the things you need to know is that Maddie has the power where she can turn her guitar music into blasts of energy. It has to be her own music, though. But she can't. She's not Dazzler. She like all of her powers are super limited. She can only do it with her own music. I can take pictures with my eyes and also like freeze time, rewind it for a few seconds only. Katie can possess an inanimate objects, but then has to sleep for six hours. Uh, she can also talk to inanimate objects and see what they've seen energy wise. And Todd, probably the only person with a useful power, uh, like writes things on a piece of paper and can make them manifest, but mm -hmm. it depletes his mutant power. So, yeah. And they can only manifest for a limited time, but like that's usually enough to get past whatever obstacle yeah. it is. Also, Wolverine is here, and our friend <laughs> Madeline is here, who who uh, designed the Bishop Time Travel is Real T-shirt for yeah, us. Yeah, she has the ability to control ink, but by which means it's like she just sprays it everywhere, and that's yeah. it. So we're very useful. We all have. Useful we're like the powers. shittiest X whatever, basically. Anyway, so previously on the Mutant Ages comic. In an extra lengthy story, our favorite cast of super gay mutants, except for Katie, explored a <laughs> Zelda temple that popped out of the swamps of Louisiana after Gambit got involved in a quarreling guild fight over who got to kiss Betty Spaghetti's boots, even though it was Kandra. The team was separated into a temple. Wolverine took a tentacle up the butt for two hours worth of traps until Katie woke up and told them to follow the arrows. Maddie and Todd solved dangerous puzzles, and they were all reunited in the boss chamber alongside the Mutant Ages artist Madeline and listened to Apocalypse monologue for 50 years while making Golden Girls references. Yes. Maddie shot her keytar beam at Apocalypse's machine that she thought was bad, but it probably wasn't, and they all got sucked into a portal, which brings us to a new episode of The Mutant Ages comic. Enter theme song here. <laughs> <laughs> I've waited all the way until here to enter the theme song. Yeah, okay. I know, right? Okay. You don't actually have to do that. Um, and so this is issue six, A Tale of Two Wolverines. Okay. Um, the Mutant H's cast floated around a blue landscape of ever-changing images. Utada Hikaru blasted in the background. <laughs> a, a mirror don't think twice. <laughs> yeah. Um, simple and clean. A mirror floated by Maddie, reflecting a future version of herself where she essentially looked like a rock star version of Cable. Cool, she said. 
then turned to find that all of her friends had drifted away. The blue around her turned into the ocean. She choked, gasping for air, and swam to the surface. There, Ryan stood with his back turned, looking into the sunset of a tropical island. Maddie suddenly flew up into the sky. Ryan turned around and saw Logan standing on the other side of a wave. He reached out to him, but the ocean sucked Logan and Ryan far apart from each other. Bubbles filled the world until they turned into little Monopoly pieces, which landed on a board between Ryan and Katie. They looked at each other and smirked. Katie looked around the room. Why the fuck are we playing this, Katie said. <laughs> Ryan slammed his Wolverine piece down on the board. I just bought Gambit, he mocked her. Oh, that's it, Katie yelled. She flipped the entire board up at Ryan's face, which spun around in slow motion in the air, zooming in real close to the Wolverine chess piece, which came to life as a tiny Wolverine who flew into Ryan's pupil and through a tunnel where he was mocked endlessly by the cackling of Sabretooth Lady Deathstrike Omega Red in all 1,512 of his exes. Oh my god. Wow. <laughs> he, sp he spun away wildly out of control as Maddie and Katie flew by, trying to reach out to help each other. Alphaba flew by on a broomstick, screaming at them. Defy gravity, she yelled, before whirling away into another mirror. Maddie and Katie were then torn apart. Maddie landed in a room where Apocalypse stood with his back turned. She, she reached out to him just as he turned to reveal two younger versions in a clone of Apocalypse walking into the room. Oh my god. <laughs> this is just Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> I know, I love it. I love it. It is time, Apocalypse said to all of them. Good luck on your mission, young Mitty. Before Maddie could even say anything, the rug sucked her into a hole underneath her and she fell onto a beach. Ryan hopped around between two palm trees giggling, but then sunny skies filled with the darkness. A bunch of eyes glowed in the darkness. A cloaked figure landed between them and used a pen-like keyblade to knock them all, all the shadows away. A burst of light shot up through the ground. The cloak tossed... <laughs> The cloak was tossed off him dramatically, revealing a smiling Todd. The cloak itself twirled around the room, a faint giggling coming from within inside of it. Uh-oh, what could that mean? Um, <laughs> I don't know. So soon it became too bright for them to see. Maddie felt like she was falling forever when suddenly Mystique's cloak seemed to twirl around and grab onto her. It seemed to giggle as it threw Maddie down into a solid piece of light. Maddie got up and found herself alone. Mystique's cloak seemed to have vanished. What the hell's going on? Hello? <laughs> Maddie yelled. What? Out of the light came a spiky-haired boy with giant pants and huge shoes. He wielded a keyblade and smiled. Just follow your heart, the boy Sora yelled, ju just as Maddie was whipped up into the sky. Oh my Maddie god. Landed upside down up Maddie landed upside down on the roof of a room, which spun around and turned out to actually be the floor. She stood in a giant mosaic of the Dark Phoenix fighting the Scarlet Witch. Todd landed gracefully in the center of the room. A bunch of shards of glass flew around them and took the form of Katie. A door appeared, which Madeline stepped through at, out of before it faded away. A water drop fell out of the sky, which became Ryan. Logan just <laughs> fell out of the sky and slammed into the ground dramatically. Three doors, that, <laughs> three doors then came up out of the floor. What the hell is happening, Maddie screamed. Well, it's obvious we've fallen into some kind of Kingdom Hearts parody, Todd said. He paused. Actually, this is just Kingdom Hearts. It's not even a parody. <laughs> Who cares, Katie shouted. All this cracktastic anime shit is making me dizzy. <laughs> this is worse than the time that Prote Proteus ripped me apart, Logan grunted. He sniffled. Ryan consoled him, but Logan turned away. Give me a sec, bub. I'm definitely not crying. Oh, <laughs> okay. It's honestly a miracle that any of us are alive, Todd said. Mystique's cloak wrapped itself around me and brought me to y'all. Weird. That happened to me, too, <laughs> Maddie replied. Yeah, it also caught Logan in a giant trampoline with some guy with spiky red hair that kept asking if we had gotten it memorized, Ryan said. <laughs> I have no idea what he was even talking about. 
Okay, so a magical piece of fabric saved us all, but it's not here now, so how the hell do we get out of here, Katie asked. Choose the door that you wish to help you on your journey, an ominous voice said from the shadows. Text appeared above the three doors. Enhanced sex drive, room full of tentacles, and friendship. The <laughs> fuck are these options, Katie screamed. Logan started to edge towards the tentacle door, but Katie slapped him away. Oh no, Ryan screamed. What? Are you okay? Maddie asked, concerned. Ryan held up his camera. No, I wasn't recording that entire time, Ryan yelled. Is there any way we can go do that twisty reality stuff again so I can get it on camera? <laughs> I'm going no. to twist I'm going to twisty the reality of your brain if you don't stop vlogging and help us get out of here, Katie said, trying to grab at Ryan's camera, but was too short to reach it. <laughs> as interesting as the sex door sounds, I think the only right answer here is the friendship door, Maddie said. Everyone nodded in agreement. Madeline shrugged. Suit yourselves then. Deuces, Madeline said before making a peace sign and falling backwards to the sex door. Wow. <laughs> wow, way to play on the team, Todd said. Eh, Madeline is kind of per diem for the mutant ages, Ryan said. She comes and goes as she plays, but she always comes back. I'm supposed to check on her, but I always forget and play Animal Crossing instead. Let's try crossing oh, through that door and get the hell out of here, Katie said before leaping through the doorway. The rest of the team followed. Logan was the last to go through. He paused again, looked over at the tentacle door, but Ryan reached back through the glowing doorway and pulled Logan through. <laughs> the door is all shut and everything turned to black. In the distance, you could hear Sora say, Riku! <laughs> a, new or a new doorway opened up in the sewer as the Mutant Age's team gracefully stepped through the door, except for Ryan, who kind of tripped through the door and knocked Katie over. Before she could snap at him, Logan tumbled through the door also and landed on top of Ryan. They rolled around wrestling, trying to regain their balance for a full minute. Okay, you both fell on the ground. It's not like you both started to play Twister, Maddie said. Sorry, Ryan said as Logan helped him to his feet. Do you think our powers still work? Why wouldn't they, Maddie asked. I don't know. That seems to be how Kingdom Hearts games start. Everyone magically forgets their powers, even though they can summon entire rides into the room. Hey, can I summon the Buzz Lightyear ride in here? Snapshot! Ryan screamed. <laughs> he accidentally took a horrible picture of everyone covered in sewage. Nope, <laughs> guess not. Hey, my powers still work. Why do we yep. let him do anything? Katie asked with uncertainty in her voice. She continued, and why are we in the sewers with no Ninja Turtles? I don't mm. know, but that seems like a ripoff to me, Maddie said. We should call Tessa and Emma. Good idea, Ryan said. He pulled out his cell phone and started to play on it for a really long time. <laughs> Ryan, what are you doing? Maddie asked. Oh, sorry. I got distracted playing this Game & Watch app of the Mutant Ages where you are trying to catch Cyclops' cum and stop animation buckets, Ryan said casually. It's a Warcraft <laughs> Valley thing. He didn't look up from his phone. There was another long pause. Everyone stared at him. Now what are you doing, Katie screamed. Oh, sorry. Now I'm watching X2 on Disney+, Plus. Ryan replied again, <laughs> still not looking up from his phone. Hello, Emma, Todd said. He had taken the time to call Emma and Tessa on his wristwatch communicator while everyone else stared at Ryan who wasn't doing it. A holographic image of their favorite ex-ladies appeared on the ex-communicator wristwatch. Oh my god, that is a sentence, Ryan. Wow. Where in the seven hells have you idiots been, Emma asked, annoyed at the call. You have all been missing for two weeks. Two weeks! Two weeks! Two weeks! Logan screamed directly into Katie's face. She pushed the hairy man back into Ryan, who caught him in his arms, sparkles floating around them as they gazed into each other's eyes. Sorry, Eb. We kind of walked into a pyramid dungeon where Apocalypse was messing with time and space and may have accidentally broken a machine that sucked us into the, a Square Enix Disney montage, Todd said quite casually. I'm sure you were trying to contact us, but who even knows where we were? Oh, don't worry. I didn't waste any more brain cells trying to reach you, idiots, Emma replied. She sighed. 
However, Tessa was a deer and tried reaching you. I couldn't find a trace of you after you all went offline, Tessa said. We checked in with Cerebro, but it was as if you had all simply vanished and without a dramatic snap this time. <laughs> but judging by the GPS, I have installed in all of your communicators. I can see you are in the sewers beneath New York City. Interestingly enough, some X-Men have already been dispatched to that location. Well, kind of. Wow, kind of. <laughs> Something tells me whatever you are going to say next is batshit crazy, Todd commented. You see, we're actually talking to you from the future, Tessa said casually. <laughs> Back to the future, Ryan screamed? No, it's nothing like that. Are we sure he's the one that dates Cable in the future? Tessa asked Emma, who just shrugged <laughs> in the background while drinking some wine. Logan tilted his head confused and maybe a little jealous. Aww. We are in the future where we all met you. The communicators you have were made of the tech that Cable gave us and Forge redesigned for the purpose of matching your time travel gun. And now you're right back in another anomaly. Great. What is it this time? A mysterious space villain named the Baron? Mystique posing as all of Rogue's friends? Maddie asked. Emma simply sipped her wine. Oh no, it's far less interesting than any of that, Emma replied. According to this, the timeline now involves a spaceship in the sewer system that activated a horrid green alien energy monster when Logan scraped his damn claws against it like a Neanderthal. Now oh it's boy. running loose and sucking the souls everyone into it. Good luck! Emma <laughs> reached over a protesting Tessa and ended the transmission. Everyone looked at everyone looked at Logan. What? It was a long time ago, and I did what I do best, bub. Stab things, Logan replied. He paused. I think this time travel shit is getting real confusing. It is. There are like 500 X-Men and the one we get is the, the amnesiac knife man. Katie asked annoyed. Where's Remy? Maybe I should call him. Mm. You have Gambit's number. Maddie screamed, but they had no time to continue the conversation because suddenly the ceiling above them collapsed and a green energy space spider came barreling through it. Katie literally screamed and ran in the opposite direction. Maddie pulled out her guitar and started to play a tune. Ryan just stood there with his camera out, vlogging and smiling. Hate to tell you, but the spooky track is off key, Maddie shouted and blasted the spider. It did literally nothing. Oh no. Crap, can you do that again? I missed the shot and we should reenact it, Ryan said, getting closer to the spider. A green energy, a green energy tentacle whipped out at Ryan, who didn't move. Logan jumped in front of him and clawed at the energy spider, which made a high-pitched sound in response. Why are you just standing there, darling? This thing will suck you dry, Logan shouted. It was a cool shot. Maybe I should get closer, Ryan said. Logan picked Ryan up and ran in the opposite direction. Maddie and Todd also followed suit, jumping over debris falling from the ceiling. The monster stomped after them, nearly getting them with the tentacles until Mystique's cloak flew in in front of them and held it itself against the walls to block the monster. Not that anyone seemed to even notice this. Mm. Katie was far ahead of them and turned a corner when she crashed directly into Gambit. <laughs> Remy, Katie said happily, leaping to her feet. They embraced in a hug. Gambit's always happy to see you, Cher, but maybe under some different circumstances, Gambit said. A little gumbo, a little shrimp, a little shrimp at Tiffay, but this ain't no candlelight dinner. There's a horrifying green space monster on the loose. Yeah, we got the memo, Katie said. Just then, another Wolverine carrying a passed out Jubilee ran up to them, along with Lady Deathstrike, who instantly tried to claw Katie, but Gambit just batted her away with his staff. <laughs> the rest of the Mutant Ages team caught, caught up with Katie out of breath. Wow, thanks for running away, Katie, Maddie commented. <laughs> Was I wrong, Katie said, then turned to Gambit and his crew. But look, I found help. Remy, Logan, and whoever this bimbo is. A problem, <laughs> both Logan said at the same time. Both Logans then nodded at each other and said, hey, bub. <laughs> <laughs> 
I was once going to be married to Logan until he left me and my father died after putting the adamantium into his body. And now to protect his legacy, I must kill Logan. Lady Deathstrike shrieked. She let loose a giddy cackle. And now I get to watch him die twice. I don't know what you're getting at, Princess, but you and I ain't ever been dated, Logan said. He turned to Ryan. I promise you, she ain't one of my exes, which I know there's a lot of them, but she ain't it. (laughs) How dare you insult me, Lady Deathstrike screamed and shrieked. She jumped at Logan, but Gambit batted her away again. <laughs> like how Lady Deathstrike keeps on trying to scratch people. Gambit's just poking people with a stick and being like, nope. Yeah, pretty much. The other Logan, Wolverine B, scratched his head. Now, wait a second, bub. I distinctly remember being engaged to Yuriko before I fell into that whole Weapon X set in the woods that erased all my memory of that previous time to that, Wolverine B said. No, that was Mardiko, and after Weapon X, but before I died and lost my memory of the X-Men for a while, the original Wolverine corrected him. I don't even know who Mariko is, Wolverine B screamed. After Weapon X, I woke up and found myself in a threesome with Heather and James Hudson in the woods. <laughs> no, that's wrong, the original Wolverine yelled. Weapon X did the experiment, but I didn't lose but I didn't lose my memory, and Heather and James were a couple who let me sleep in their barn in the woods until they were killed. I lost my memory later after I was betrayed by Silver Fox and shot in the head by an adamantium bullet. That ain't right. Silver Fox and we ain't real, Wolverine B then screamed. That was all sitcom TV show that Weapon X recorded of us. Remember, our boyfriend, our then boyfriend Beast, found the footage. We broke out of the Weapon X t- test tube and ran into the woods where there were vampires. <laughs> <laughs> Bob, I remember this. I was in a machine and Young Jean Grey, Jean Grey freed me, and I ran into the woods. Logan then replied, "No, we met Jean Grey later, and I fell in love with her at the X Mansion." Wolverine B then said, "Or maybe that was Rose. I ain't sure, but I know that Jean Grey is a redhead." How can you two remember anything if your mind was wiped like 900 times, Katie cried out. I don't know. Our memories, both Wolverines said while collapsing to the ground and grabbing their heads. Thankfully, Gambit caught caught the passed out Jubilee in his arms. Maybe the mind control button, Dr. Maybe the mind control button, Dr. Cornelius used on Wolverine to fight Kitty and Kurt messed with their minds, Ryan suggested. How do you even know that, Maddie asked Ryan. Also, I'm pretty sure we found the anomaly. Todd, can you do something about this with your powers? I don't know if I can fix this, Todd said, motioning in the direction of the two Wolverines, stumbling to their feet while clutching their heads. There was another high-pitched noise that came from behind them. Then the green energy monster crashed through a wall. Todd sighed. Also, that's still happening, so we should probably leave. <laughs> Not until my lover dies, Lady Deathstrike shrieked, jumping at Logan, who just moved as she fell into the monster. She screamed as her soul got sucked out of her body through an energy tentacle, her corpse falling to the floor. Gambit, get them out of here. I'll give this dirtbag something to suck on, Logan said, unbuckling his pants. Gambit groaned <laughs> Logan. As much as Gambit likes seeing pants come off, even he knows this ain't the time, Gambit said. <laughs> With the help of Ryan, they pulled Logan away from the tentacles whipping about the room. Wolverine B grabbed Lady Deathstrike, and the whole team ran th- away through the sewers. I'm fresh out of ideas, Maddie said, while diving over some debris falling from the ceiling. What do we even do? All we need to do is believe and stay pod- positive, and it will all work out, Ryan said, making a peace sign to his camera before tripping over some debris and falling on Katie. <laughs> the only thing working out is my foot in my ass if you don't get off of me, dumbass, Katie yelled, pushing Ryan off of her. <laughs> the green monster crashed through another wall next to them, whipping its tentacles about while shrieking high-pitched noises. They all turned a corner and found themselves at a dead end. Maddie played another tune and shot it at the monster, but it still seemed unaffected. The monster stomped towards them. Its face morphed into Jubilee. Logan, help me, Jubilee said. Then its, vo- <laughs> then its face morphed into Lady Deathstrike. 
Logan, I will kill you, Lady Deathstrike <laughs> said. Its face morphed into Cecilia Ray's. Control, she said. <laughs> Maddie and Todd just looked at each other. Then yep. the monster's face morphed again, but this time into Ryan. Logan, I have a crush on you, Ryan said. Wait, what? Logan said, Ryan? <laughs> Wait a second. When the fuck did Ryan get sucked into the monster? Maddie said angrily. (laughs) (laughs) I just took a selfie with it. Ryan said (laughs) before drifting away into the monster's face once again. Oh, good job. Snap shit. Katie yelled out angrily. What did you think it was going to do? Subscribe to your YouTube channel. (laughs) So has anyone else noticed that we're trapped? Todd pointed out. Logan screamed and clawed at the monster, but it just did a wiggly dance around its claws. Uh, I have an idea. It's not a good one. But then again, none of this situation is good, Maddie replied. She quickly played another tune on her keytard and blasted at the wall behind them, blowing a hole right through them. She smiled. Escape route, anyone? Thank goodness for Maddie, who will literally blast through walls to get shit done, Todd commented. Aww. (laughs) The team all hopped through the hole, except for Logan, who stared at the green monster. Katie paused in the doorway. Logan, what are you doing? Waiting for an invitation in the mail? Let's go already, Katie called out. Ryan, is that really you? Logan said, staring at the green monster's face as its tentacles drew closer to him. Uh, Kitty pointed at Gambit's staff. Can I borrow that? Kitty asked. You can play with Gambit's staff anytime, Cher. Gambit said with a wink. Katie just rolled her eyes, grabbed the staff, and used it to knock Wolverine the hole into the next room. The whole team just stopped dead in their tracks at what they saw. A giant spaceship which nearly filled the entire room. Bodies of the Reavers sprawled across it. On the ship were three claw marks where Logan had clearly created this problem to start with. Before mm-hmm. they could even take before they could take it in any longer, the green spider monster crashed the wall behind him. Quick, inside the ship, Wolverine B yelled. Everyone scurried into the ship. The monster stomped toward it when Mystique's cloak blew into the room and seemed to entangle it in his tentacles, distracting it. And inside there was none other than Hank McCoy typing away at the dashboard's center console. Oh my stars and garters, it's wonderful to see you all again, but I must admit the circumstances could be in fact better, B said. In the background, Xavier just screamed on the floor. What's his deal? Maddie asked. Oh, he's just having another one of his episodes. It will be a shame if he tries to kill us again, Beast replied with a happy laugh. Todd, Maddie and Todd just looked at each other. Also, good to see you both again. <laughs> also, good to see you both again. And you too, Logan. I see your time traveling. Hank, did you get the typewriter working yet? Wolverine B, Wolverine B asked. I think what you mean is a t- I think what you mean is the computer console of the spaceship, which is a technological beauty, Hank said. He pulled out a little pod from his Banjo-Kazooie backpack. After the professor was able to understand the writing on the walls, I was able to translate the, tr- the coding of the ship. The alien that you fight is known as the Spirit Drinker, a defense mechanism of this ship, a firewall, if you will. Mm. There ain't no fires on wall, Logan cried out. <laughs> it's a computer term, Logan. Don't hurt yourself, Todd said. With this orb, I should be able to channel the spirit drinker with energy within it, he said, holding up the orb. However, the ship's defense mechanism seems to be reacting to an error of sorts within the memory of the person who first activated it. In this case, it would be Wolverine. Well, Wolverine B. The hell are you talking about, Hank? My, hem- my memory may be hazy, but it sure as hell is a lot better than, than Logan, Wolverine B said. The other, the other Logan popped his claws in a dramatic effect. Now wait just a damn second. You're the one who thinks we're Danny Yuriko. I've stuck Bub in a lot of places, but that crazy lady ain't one of them, Wolverine A replied. Oh yes, I can see the dilemma now. There seems to be a trivial error over Yuriko in your memory, Wolverine. Well, Wolverines, Hank corrected it himself. 
I told you both that your memory sucked, Katie said. It's worse than keeping track of when Xavier is walking or isn't walking. Yeah. The ship started to shake dramatically, like there was an earthquake. The spirit drinker was there and ready to suck their souls, that is. Men as sometimes are masters of their fates. The fault, dear Brutus, is not in our stars, but in ourselves, that we are the underlings, B said, while grasping onto the console. Wow. Now's not the time, Hank, Logan screamed, trying to keep the unconscious Ryan from rolling into the wall. Todd, I think you're going to have to do that timeline fixie thingy with your powers, Todd, Maddie said. And Todd sighed. You know, I've started to notice that I've gone from creating items with my powers to fixing everyone else's problems, Todd said. <laughs> with another sigh, he pulled out his notepad and scribbled it on it. Scribbled on it. He pulled the words off the paper and held them in his hand. Get your head straight about Yuriko. <laughs> Todd then threw the words at Wolverine B. He fell to the ground, his head glowing white. Oh no, my memories! Zzzz! Logan screamed. There was a huge flash of light. Then, in that moment, the green energy monster dissipated and channeled itself into the orb. And Hank held his and Hank held it in his hand. Everyone started to wake up. Wolverine B stumbled to his fe his feet. Oh, I remember now, Bub. I dated Mariko, not Yuriko. That's <laughs> what I've been telling you. The original Wolverine said. Lady Deathstrike stumbled to her feet and she grasped her head. Wow, was I wrong about all that, Lady Deathstrike said. I wanted to kill you for a completely different reason. Although I can't seem <laughs> although I can't seem to remember why. In fact, we're all just going to leave for no reason now. Bye! Lady Deathstrike <laughs> left the spaceship with all the reavers. Wait, what the hell? Maddie began to question, but it became clear to her what was going on as Beast helped Xavier to his feet. Xavier's hands were clearly to his head. He smiled. Don't worry, I've got everything under control, Xavier said. I just deleted a few things in her head, but that weren't useful to this particular situation. I'm oh sure boy. she'll be fine. Nice work, by the way. I'm Professor Xavier, but I can't seem to read into your minds. Not that I'm trying to. I always respect <laughs> everyone's privacy to, to not, go, into their, to not <laughs> go inside their minds unless they ask me to, but I've noticed completely separately that I can't seem to get into any of your minds because there's a psychic shield there. Not that I would know, because I definitely did not try to access your memory without your permission. <laughs> Oh my god. I don't know, Chuck. You ain't you don't have a good history of moving things around in people's heads, Wolverine B said. Uh well, I have a dentist appointment today in the danger room. That's definitely not a being trapped in there, so I think I gotta go. Xavier quickly said. Wolverine looked at Beast, who shrugged, and they both carried Xavier out of the spaceship. Meanwhile, Gambit carried a waking Jubilee off the ship. Whoa, did I miss a party or what? Jubilee said to Gambit. Don't you worry about it, Cher. Gambit and Logan kept you safe, Gambit said with a smile and a wink. Aw, I love my gay dads, Jubilee said, giving Gambit a hug. <laughs> Gambit, did a, Gambit did a secret handshake with Katie and then left the ship. Maddie just stood there with her mouth wide open. Meanwhile, Ryan came, Ryan came to in Logan's arms. Hey, is anyone else hungry for pizza? Ryan grumpily said, trying to stand up, but nearly toppled over. Logan caught him in his big warm arms. Ryan looked up at Logan. Hey, take it easy there, handsome, Logan said with a smile. Sure. Wait, did you just call me handsome, Ryan said? Yeah, I did. You know, I heard what you said earlier, darling, Logan said. And you know, I kind of want to tell you that I also... Logan was suddenly cut off by the small orb that Hank had put the energy monster into, crackling to life. Maddie jumped away, arming her keytar, while everyone just kind of stared at it. The orb suddenly shot out a hologram of what looked like a goth version of danger. Hello, mm. the hologram said. I am the spirit of this ship, but you can just call me Discorda. To be continued. <laughs> Ooh cliffhanger yeah 
Ryan and Logan still haven't kissed. Who's Discorda? Oh, yeah. Discorda? Let's see how long we're going to draw that out. Uh, <laughs> to be continued, who is Discorda? What is Professor Xavier deleting in people's memories? Where did Mystique's cloak go? And is it alive? What yes. should Ryan eat for lunch today? What was with all that weird Kingdom Hearts shit at the beginning of this episode? Why is it, neg- <laughs> why is it negative 11 degrees in Massachusetts right now? What oh does everyone God. think of WandaVision right now? And where's the syrup? Find out next time in the Mutant Ages of the Comic Book. Oh my god, what a good episode. I love it. Yeah, this. much shorter than that other one that would offer like three years. So Yeah, I mean it was shorter, but it was still long. It's fine. Yeah, and we're it's working fine. on it. It's a work in progress. It's so it's it's a, been another Lister Mail episode that is it's not two hours, but it's not not two hours. It's also like, like an hour and a half. I'm sorry. But that's actually pretty good for us. All right, so I think it's time to do plugs. Yeah. Uh, not with Pluggy today. He is not here. <laughs> Pluggy isn't on our side anymore. Pluggy works with Sinister. Yeah, okay, okay. We like we immediately diss Pluggy and he was like, okay, I'm gonna go be with Mr. Sinister now. <laughs> <laughs> and like now we have no control over what Pluggy does and he could come back yeah, at any time. And I'm try sure to kill he us. will be back, maybe in a comic book. I don't know. I don't All right, know. so let's know. talk about what we have. We are everywhere on the internet. You can find the Mutant Ages on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, Pinterest, and now TikTok. I'm also <laughs> on those places. I'm at Ryan Pagella on Twitter and at Ryan.Pagella on Instagram. Maddie, where are you? I'm at Mitty Myers on those places. I like how you just really casually dropped the fact that we have a TikTok now. It's fine. We don't even need to talk about it. We said that last time, right? Oh, we didn't? No. Okay. <laughs> oh, sorry. It's fine. We have a TikTok now. We did talk about this last time. Ryan was right. I don't know why my brain doesn't work or retain memories anymore. It's probably fine. We have a TikTok now. It's doing really well. It's mostly a lot of the stuff that you find on YouTube. There's also YouTube, but we'll let Maddie tell us where she's at. Sure. No, I already said I'm at Mitty Myers. We can talk about the YouTube channel. So so we are the Mutant Ages on YouTube. We have a ton of really cool stuff over there. Obviously, we have the Christmas special that we mentioned a few times, but we also have like various other <laughs> silly things like us pretending to be the X-Men in old movies that we made when we were teenagers and also videos we made when we were adults, us reading old fan fictions and like Ryan's Star Wars poetry and us syncing up, <laughs> syncing up episodes of this show to the cartoons and little bits and bites that are very funny to watch. So you should you should definitely Oh, and we're playing every single X-Men game. How could I forget? We're doing Yeah, we that just finished there. up the second game, Gear Game. We're gonna do the second one pretty or the third one pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Um somebody actually asked if we were gonna do the arcade. Okay, so not the arcade. There's a game, an X-Men game called Arcade's Revenge, which features arcade putting all the X-Men in like traps and shit. Yeah. The answer is yes, we'll do that. We did talk about it on the arcade spot light episode too but yeah exactly. we will we will do it we do everything on this show we will get to it sooner or later so yeah subscribe to the youtube channel and while you're subscribing to stuff ryan has a vlog and you could subscribe to that yeah too. go over to ryan pagella on youtube and you can see all sorts of adventures that i'm taking i'm making the best of things that i can during the pandemic but i'm doing it so yeah uh i don't i don't even know what else is up there recently like lots of beach trips lots of uh museum trips so it's a fun time outdoor socially distant trips that kind of thing yes um and so we also have a bunch of ways that you can contact us for episodes like this one yeah like this one yeah and those are our email address the mutantages at gmail.com we have a discord which you can go to mutantages.com and find the link on the right hand side we have a voicemail which is 1-508-319-1668 and we have a P.O. Box, which is P.O. Box 3344, Natick, Massachusetts, 
1760 and you can send us physical mail you can send us whatever yes, you, you want can. um and we'll read you can it do all those things and if you want some cool mutant ages merch you can go to our store which is on teespring uh but you can actually get a direct link by going to mutantages.com and over on the right where you see all that information about like the po box and all that there's a link to our store um and also the link to the discord and on there you can buy some fun things like the mutant ages logo on bags masks i don't know mugs whatever you want it on t-shirts sweatshirts and a brand new shirt called time travel is real with bishop popping out of the bushes designed by the madeline that was in that episode that we just read it read 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 oh my read, god read and we have a patreon by the way we do it's patreon.com slash the mutant ages and you can get all kinds of bonus all content of on there if if you subscribe to that and support us and also you can have the warm fuzzy feeling of knowing that you are paying us some amount of money for all of this wonderful free content that we give you yeah we're a completely fan supported show so it definitely helps us out a lot especially during the pandemic and uh, or at least for me anyway with the lack of work i have mm-hmm. but also it helps keep the show alive because we use it to fund everything that we do on here it's true and our highest tier patreon supporters get a shout out on the show every week that's right uh and they are samuel b soren b and zach s thank you for being our top tier patreon supporters no fun voices this week that's just a regular reader mail week so <laughs> good old ryan voice that sounds like this i know you want i could read it lower like this be like samuel b soren b <laughs> zach oh, s I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> and we could have Pluggy do it next time. Um, so what are we doing next week? It's a back to X-Men Evolution, oh, fuck. Right? It's a drift, I think. I think it's a drift. Yeah. The one that is Havoc, Havoc and Cyclops. Very Kingdom Hearts yeah. falling into the water situation, I think. Uh, yeah, just, just in time. Oh, also, if you can't support us on Patreon, please leave us a review on iTunes or whatever you listen to this show on. Even if you don't want to leave a review, you can leave us a star reading. So that's it. Yeah, we did it. We did all the plugs. We did, Woo! and Lo- I, as always, Logan is waiting for me, except not really, because he's not here. I actually sent him out to go go get bagels, because I wanted a bagel this morning, but that was like two hours ago, <laughs> and I think he thinks they can just hunt bagels in the woods. Oh, no. So, and he doesn't have a I phone, so there's no way. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see if he even comes back. He's probably fucking Sabretooth, let's be real. Mm, well, I hope they're having fun out there, and also that he comes yeah. back home so you can explain to him what a bagel is, uh, because he probably doesn't <laughs> yeah, even remember. He, he probably doesn't have any Yeah, He just comes back, and he doesn't have the bagels, but he's just like, his clothes are tattered it like there's like he smells like the wilderness and i'm like where did you go wolverine <laughs> seems like a really big responsibility honestly but i love you both yeah. very much and i'm glad you're together well, thank you i appreciate it all right well well we'll see you all next time or x time we'll see you next time i, I said x time oh, i thought you did said say next, next time? time well whatever doesn't matter i don't pronounce i don't pronounce xavier right so you know <laughs> oh my god we'll see you next time bye see you next time bye the Mutant Ages of Jupiter.